Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the DC United Kingdom podcast. Not only is it a special episode today, but we also have a very special guest. It is the 10th episode after all, so whoop whoop! Um, I've got every single one of you who tunes in to thank though. You guys keep me going and making these episodes and keep doing what I'm doing. So this episode is dedicated to you guys, so thank you very much. Um, so what's going on in this episode today? So first thing that we're going to do is we're going to review the weekend match against the New England Revolution. After that, we have a chat with Jim from United with Pride. And even more to that, we look forward to this week's matches. And there's one more thing. We have the Twitter questions. So without any further ado, let's get into this podcast. So at the game of the weekend, we had a trip to the Gillette Stadium against New England Revolution, a ground which many of you may know, or if you don't know, um, we've only won a handful of times at, and we haven't won that since 2015. Um, obviously, we were hoping to uh, make amends on that, but however, Revs have been on bad form this season, um, so much so that they actually sacked uh, Brad Fiedel a few weeks ago, um, and they have recently hired former DC United head coach Bruce Arena um, to take over the reins. And when I was watching the game, and after previewing the game with their DCU soccer, um, he's got a great podcast, so tune into that. Um, was talking with him about that uh, new manager smell. Um, and you could really tell that was happening because all the players seemed to be up for it and they obviously wanted to impress the new boss. Um, they worked hard, looked for openings, they attacked the flanks. Uh, Penilla, he was, he really impressed me in that game. Um, really good down that left, uh, left, left flank. Um, the game on paper, though, uh, was one of dominance for DC. We had much more possession. Uh, we had more attempts on goal. So if you looked at on the stats, you'd think, actually, DC were all over them. Um, and to be fair, apart from the few moments for Revolution, it, it was true. Um, the first half didn't really actually provide much in the way of um, key moments. Not a lot to talk about. A few end-to-end bits, a few chances, but nothing really clear-cut. Um so, not really much to talk about on that. Uh, but the second half, though, a lot happened. Uh, so, let's go through it bit by bit. Um, the first big moment was the 56th minute. Russell Knauss, who, for me, he had a bit of a poor game. Not his usual standard. Um, but the one thing he did do well was he played this absolutely ball over the top of uh, the Revolution defence and gets Rooney through on goal. He's one-on-one with the keeper. You think, this is it. This is where we're going to um, open the scoring and the floodgates will open. But no, the keeper had other ideas, didn't he? He decides to uh, obviously charge Rooney down. But not in the usual sense. If you look on Twitter, you'll see the videos. If you look on my Twitter account, I've, um, and even on my website, in the match report, there's the video of it. Um, the keeper decides to uh, run into him, jump into him, and take him out. It was pretty awful, let's put it that way. Um, Even after the game, Rooney actually even made a comment about that tackle, and his comment was, it was like being in a car crash. So that's not very good, is it now? Um, So the keeper, he was rightfully sent off. And even then, the keeper even had an argument with him, with the ref, 
I couldn't believe it. Really couldn't believe it. I was going absolutely mental like that TV. Um, free kick came along. It was about 19 yards out, so it was just outside the penalty box. And it was a similar position to the game against Columbus Crew, where Rooney nicely placed it into the bottom corner. Similar sort of thing happened, but unfortunately, the substitute keeper managed to save it. And it went from bad to worse. Five minutes later, somehow, the revolution were in front. And, as I said previously about Knaus, he uh, made a pool clearance, and that's what led to the goal. He made that clearance, the ball gets played wide to the left, to, well, to revolution left. Uh, ball gets whipped in, and then it was a case of uh, Pedroso. He didn't um, use his strength. And the Revolution player managed to get in front and head the ball into the net. So hopefully Pedroso has been working on his uh, defensive skills in the air. Um, it did seem, though, that after we conceded that goal, we were a bit spurred on. So we started getting a few more chances into the game. A few crosses came in. Uh, Titi Rodriguez had a great opportunity, but he was unfortunately able to stay. He was under quite a bit of pressure. Uh, Olsen even threw on Amariqua for um, Brillant. Um, that was a good sign that he wanted to really get something out of the game. He wasn't just sitting back and just getting a 1-0 defeat, which no one wants to do really, but there we go. Um, and that was a, a moment of genius, actually, because it was down to Amariqua who heads the ball down from across down to Steve Birnbaum. Steve Birnbaum turns, and then he volleys it with his left foot. I mean, that he didn't score, but from that, the Revolution defender handles it in the box. And it wasn't noticed straight away, so the play went on for a little bit, the ball went dead, and the ref brought it back for VAR. A couple of minutes later, it takes his time to have a look at it, make sure he's making the right decision, and... He did his little square hand thing and gave the penalty. It was it was a penalty. His hand was up by his face. It was not in a normal position. There's no real arguments with that. Can't can't argue with it. And uh, Rooney steps up, does his little little shimmy on the on the spot, and then buries it into the left left hand side of the goal. Uh, granted, the keeper did go the right way and he got a hand to it, but the power behind it that's what made it go into the back of the net. Um, that was literally bang on the 90th minute. Seven minutes were added on, and you, we were pummeling the Revolution box. It looked like we were trying to get that win, but unfortunately, it wasn't to be. So it finished a 1-1 tie on the road, which isn't the best result, but it wasn't the worst result. We will feel like that we should have won that game. If you look at it down to form, that yeah, we should have won that. But on a ground where we don't get many points, it's always decent. We've got to remember it is a game that a ground that we've not won at since 2015. Yes, we obviously want to win there, but you know, a tie is not a defeat, and we're back to the top of the Eastern Conference. Now we've got a double game week this week. We obviously got the opportunity to really extend that lead. So, and they're both at home as well. So we should be doing all right. But I will talk about those in a bit. Um, we've just, yeah. I was just going to carry on to say about the Revolution game. We just need to show and carry on that attack going forwards because we do lack a certain spark. I mean, we Aviola was out for the game uh, through suspension and he's out for the Chicago game uh, through suspension as well. And 
you know, we just need that something in the attack. That's all we've got this week. So that brings me on to the next section, which is, to be honest, my favorite section to actually do on the show. It's the special guest section. Um, as you know, I've had my first guest on earlier on in the year, and that went down really, really well. It's actually still the most listened to episode of the podcast. So with this episode, and I just wanted to have a very special guest on who's got something big happening. Um, and it's not just him, it's a community thing. So what I want to do is for you guys to put your hands together and give Jim a round of applause. And if you actually did a round of applause, please drop me a message because why, you know, why not? Anyway, let's get on to the interview. You all have just heard. I've got Jim here. Um, how are you doing, Jim? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Uh, how was the air con? How was your air conditioning? Is that getting there now? Yeah, it's getting there now. Um, yeah, it just, uh, of course, went uh, went up beginning of the season. So just having a new one put in before <laughs> it gets too too unbearable. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, I experienced the uh, the uh, DC summer last year, and that was uh, it was quite warm to say the least, quite sweaty. Yes. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so you you originally got in touch with me to be on the podcast a little while ago, and now wasn't it? Um, which for me was actually awesome to actually get people who want to be on the podcast. So um, for the listeners who don't know, um, and I've got listeners from the UK as well as USA, um, Jim, can you give a little bit of background to yourself and why you support DC United? Sure. Uh, well, I grew up in the area, um, so was a uh, supporter of the Diplomats uh, many years ago, yeah, and uh, the Baltimore Blasts uh, for years, and then uh, when professional soccer came to town with, uh, uh, in the form of DC United uh, getting started, mm. I started supporting them from the start. Uh, I like to see it. I've got a long uh, history in the area of coaching with recreational soccer and um, uh, through the school systems and state systems. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, used to do uh, affiliated camps for DC United out in Arundel County. So a long, oh, wow. uh, long relationship with them, and uh, they've always been uh, very welcoming uh, to me and uh, collaborative with uh, folks in the uh, in the community uh, like myself, who uh, from a youth and, and amateur aspect uh, want to get involved and, and uh, want to support their efforts. That's fun. That's really cool. That's so you'll have uh, obviously been there from the very beginning and you will have known one of my, um, the players who've come from, came over from the UK, from my team, in fact, uh, Jaime Moreno. Oh, yes. Yeah. Jaime Moreno. He's, uh, you know, he's, he was brilliant. He, uh, he fit what we were uh, as far as our DNA and how we wanted to play soccer and, you know, brought other people in, had a bit of flair um, not a confidence, but uh, willing to uh, rely on others at times and sort of adapt um, to his role in the organization as uh, as his time went on. Yeah. Uh, and and still make an impact in, in various areas of the field. Um, it was always uh, always very uh, very supportive of uh, stuff that we did in the stands. That's cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, when he was playing for us at, in the UK, it was just. You could tell he was really up for it, and he always gave 100%, and he did have that bit of a flair behind him. And granted, mm-hmm. unfortunately, he didn't score many goals for us. I think he only actually scored the one, but 
he was one of those players who would go out there and actually make a difference and he would be there to be supportive uh, as you said so um obviously uh, as we know uh, june's going to be quite a big month for you guys um can you talk to us about what's actually going down with you guys in the month of june Sure. Um, well, we're, we're back home. We've had a few uh, away games, so we've got uh, another one tonight against Chicago Fire. Yep. Um, we've got one coming up on the 1st, and then the big night um, uh, for us in particular, I'm part of the Federal Triangle Soccer Club, and uh, we partner up with um, uh, Team DC, who do a, a series of night outs with various yep. professional sports. Um, so June 26th, when we play Orlando, is going to be our official uh, Pride Night, uh, the United yep. Night Out, and, um, of course, a Soccer for All yep. uh, campaign with the MLS uh, supporting that. So we're kind of excited about, you know, outreach to the community, uh, visibility uh, within the sport, um, in the stands, yep. and, uh, and getting our, our folks, um, you know, more of those folks that may be on the fence or maybe you know, casual supporters, um, more and more of them out in the stands, uh, full force, um, uh, becoming avid supporters of DC United um, yeah. day in and day out. So, awesome. So yeah. is, is there anything particular that we would expect to see if, obviously, because I'm going to be in the UK, what I'll be watching the game, yeah. what would I expect to see in the stands? Uh, good question. Uh, hopefully, uh, you would. Uh, it would be uh, visible and obvious to you on TV as it would be folks in the stands. Uh, it yep. is going to be the theme for the night: uh, soccer for all and the United Night Out. Yep. Uh, we'll have some presentations on the field. Um, this marks a very important uh, year in yep. the LGBT community, um, in that it is Stonewall 50. 50 years okay. ago, the Stonewall riots in New York happened. Um, oh, it's okay. And uh, so. Uh, that was a big um, uh, catalyst for uh, uh, equal rights, human rights, um, yeah. and our uh, initiatives um, just generally. And so from a historical standpoint, this is an important year. They've got World Pride the yep. weekend following our match in, uh, in New York. So I'm nice. hoping that what you see in the stands, you do see uh, a lot of uh, people, uh, unity, you see... Yeah cheering you see color <laughs> uh, including the black and red of course uh, yeah the main two uh, lots of color so yeah. i'm hoping that uh, we can bring that and it's obvious um to folks that uh, regardless of who you are and yep. who you love uh, come out support united be together so as we say we are united and yep. uh, welcome all united so various supporters groups have been good um yep. with reaching out to us uh, so I would expect to see some TIFOs. I would expect to see some uh, uh, signage around the field on the boards. Um, I would expect to see uh, uh, a special edition of the uniform um, that the players will wear yeah. and also in warm-ups. So we're yeah. hoping that uh, uh, we'll get confirmation that very soon that will be available for purchase online for those that can't be in stadium at the store. Nice. Um, all of those will be online, so we'll promote that through our Twitter Twitter handle as well. And I think the DC United shop and DC United themselves yep. will get the word out. Um, so, uh, you know, in addition, we're we're trying to raise some money for some local charities, and um, uh, so we're putting the final touches on that and what that looks like. Um, but I'm hoping that visibly you see a really good match. Yeah. Uh, you see us secure three points. Yes. Um, that's the most important thing, and. 
and uh, and that you see the community, the whole community out there, uh, yeah. to be united on. Fantastic. That will be absolutely awesome to uh, hopefully see. And as you said, we get those three points as well. Um, So since we're talking about the actual soccer now, um, the the games this week, we've obviously got a double game week this week. Um, We've, as of recording, um, we're taking uh, Chicago Fire on later today. Um, How do you think that's going to go down? Uh, Well, I think, um, you know, we've been able to... uh, grab some points on the road here and there. Yep. Uh, certainly would like to see us win every match, but uh, as we know, that's not, <laughs> not possible. Um, but It does uh, seem tougher in MLS to get points on the road than it is at, um, in most other leagues. Yeah, and, uh, and in, for us in particular, the last few years, we've had uh, difficulty getting points on the road mm. um, uh, or securing the kind of three points at home and uh, settling for one Um, last year and uh, in particular this year that seems to have changed Um, yeah we obviously face some very good teams Atlanta and others that that make our lives difficult Um, but without that we don't challenge ourselves so I do think that uh, what we're going to see against Chicago is we're actually going to see us uh, secure the three points we were able to get uh, one on the road there uh, with late goal by Rooney and I think that sort of resolve and that sort of determination to never give up, um, yep. to pursue uh, beyond the 90 minutes, yeah. and chase the match um, or dictate how we want it to be played. That's uh, that's probably more uh, a, a sign of how we're playing this year. And so I like to I like to think that we're going to grab three against Chicago. Today. Yeah. And I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, yeah. Score prediction. What do you think the score will be? Uh, I actually think the score will be two zero. Oh. Um, I think uh, I think Hamid um, getting jilted from the national team yeah. uh, selections is going to fuel him uh, going forward to prove even more that he's deserving of an opportunity. And even though yeah. he said recently maybe it's just you know the coach isn't considering it his time, yeah. uh, I don't think he's going to sit back and accept that um that's part of what makes him bill hamid yeah yeah not accepting what other people think uh doing his thing um and proving to himself mostly uh to himself uh and then of course to others that that he's uh capable and that he's deserving of an opportunity and i think once he gets that chance like he did previously he'll make the best of it yeah absolutely Yeah, See, so I've got it. I think he'll, got, he'll help us secure uh, shutout. We just have to put one or two in. Yeah. I said, I've got it down for me. I've got it down as a 2-1. Um, I just think at the moment, uh, the fact that we've got more out and, uh, no. and, Pine, and Pine's out, I'd I, I have him starting over brilliant at the moment. Um, but I've got it down as a 2-1. Um, I think we need to get those two goals, and I think the fact that we'll have the majority of the possession tonight, I think we'll that will lead us to having two goals. But I just, with Pedroso at the back, um, yeah. I, I'm not overly confident that we'll uh, keep a shutout. As, mu- yeah. as good as Bill Hamid is, and the fact that he made those 12 saves against Toronto, he can't yeah. do that week in, week out, unfortunately. No, no, but he is going to have to have a big game uh, yeah. until those guys are back. Yeah. Um, and then we've got the game against uh, the Earthquakes on the weekend, haven't we? Um, and uh, I know, right? And Wondolowski, who's now 
the leading goal scorer in MLS. Yeah. Um, that's going to be. I think it's going to be a much trickier tie. Um, so much I've got, trickier. I've got it down as a tie. I don't think we'll get beat, but I've got it down as a one-one tie. What do you reckon? I I would probably agree with you on that one. I think we could certainly uh, get a goal, possibly two on them, but uh, I don't I don't know about keeping a clean sheet against them. <laughs> certainly the way they're playing and the way he's poaching goals right now, um, yeah. he seems to be enjoying himself and the pressure of trying to get the record is off of him. And yeah. that's probably making him more dangerous is that he's playing free. He has nothing, you know, he has no, no pressure of that anymore. He owns the record. Um, yeah. now it's, now it's back to enjoying himself and enjoying his soccer. And, and that's when he can be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, I think I watched the game where he's got those four goals and it was just like, Oh, wow. That's what we've got up against this weekend. That's, yeah. uh, that's going to be, um, Brilliant and Burnham are going to have their work cut out this weekend, keeping him quiet. Yeah, we can uh, keep Espinosa quiet in, a, in, a, in the midfield. Um, yeah. Supplying balls and, and creating chances. And uh, that, that probably, for me, is, is going to be a key. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we're both in agreement on a 1 1 tie for that one then. Yep. Cool. Um, have you. So I'm coming up to kind of the end of my questions. Um, do you have any questions for myself at all? Or? Uh, yeah, I just, yeah. Um, I think curious, um, you know, how it's perceived. I know that you're a DC United supporter, but how the MLS is perceived over there and um, how our uh, community efforts and, and uh, supporters groups, uh, because it's a different culture over yeah. there. Um, you know, uh, and attending games over there. I just more recently went to one at, uh, at the Emirates. Um, oh, nice. Arsenal. Um, and just watching the, the match over there, it's a, it's a different atmosphere, um, to this and it's a different culture to, um, sort of, uh, league and non-league football, um, yeah. as here. So I was just curious how the MLS and, and how this is sort of perceived over there generally. Yeah, so, I mean, as you said, you went to the Emirates, which unfortunately isn't known for its um, atmosphere. It's known as a bit of a quiet ground. Let's <laughs> put it that way. Yeah, they're a little quiet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you, you could hear a pin drop in that ground, I think. Uh, <laughs> but in, in sort of MLS in general, it's getting a lot bigger and a lot more well-known now because you've got the likes, you've got players coming out actually saying – the ones that come, in at, come and play in the league, which is fantastic to hear. You've got the likes of Raheem Sterling coming out, which is obviously one of our big, big players over here. Um, you've got Danny Alves, who's recently come out and said it. Um, there's always been the stereotype that it's a retirement league um, in terms of from a fan's point of view and the, and the, the way the players go over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is slowly changing now. The fact that you've got... And granted, Zlatan and Rooney are of the older age in terms of their careers, but the fact that they've still got, I want to say two, three years still left in them, it's less of a retirement league now. Um, in terms of the culture um, and the fans themselves, it is a massive difference. Um, I mean, I'm from the Northeast, so I used to go to the Millsborough games. Um, I was a season mm-hmm. ticket holder there. And I do still, I don't live there now, but I do keep an eye on the fan efforts and things like that and the supporters group clubs and groups are starting to actually become a bit more of a mainstream in the uk now it never used to be um and i think 
from what I see generally, I think that's down to the fact that the uh, people in the in the crowds, they used to be a lot of violence in, in the UK in terms of the fan behaviour. Yes. That's starting to, well, that's a lot less now. Um, and it's kind of paved the way to have these support gr- supporters groups. There's less of a stigma behind them now. So it used to be a case that we used to have, yeah. I mean, in my club, we've got um, the... Uh, the basically the ultras basically your guys version of the district ultras and 15 20 years ago i would have seen that and i thought oh they look a bit violent um and i wouldn't want to be anywhere near them but now it's kind of actually they look like they're having a lot of fun over there they're the louds they're singing all the chants they're getting the crowd going that's where you want to be so it's getting a lot better now um it's supporters groups are here to stay i think um we don't see much of it in terms of supporters groups in the uk from the mls point of view though um the only times do you ever see them is when it's on sky sports news um and they're showing off the uh, tifos which look absolutely awesome we need to get better at that over here we really need to get better at that because they look absolutely fantastic yeah yeah we need better yeah i think is it uh one that I saw the other day was the Portland Timbers TFOs. They're fantastic. Portland Timbers, yeah. They have the uh, they have the cables up in the roof. I've I've seen a game there, and yeah, yeah the Timbers Army does a, a nice job with uh, with their efforts and, and TFOs. Um, yeah. yeah, the cables and the roofing. So we just need to add that to uh, <laughs> Audi Field. We add the roofing. We we add the cables. We add a lot. And I know that I know that the supporters groups all wanted that. Um, yeah. That wasn't in the cards initially, but hopefully that will be uh, something that's added. Um, oh, I think the roofs just need to be added just to get shelters from the rain. Yes, yes. I mean, there was it the game against uh, Atlanta earlier on in the season. There, everyone got absolutely drenched. It'd be yeah. nice if they had uh, a bit of shelter from that. Yeah, there's no way to shelter you from the beer showers, but uh, they can. <laughs> They can shelter you from the rain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, if I was going showered in beer, I'd take that. <laughs> right. That means we're scoring. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, well, I'm kind of coming coming up to the end now, and I just want to say thanks for being on, Jim. Um, just one thing before I let you go. Um, how can people get in touch with you? Well, they can, uh, they can follow us on uh, Twitter at United Night Out. Um, or they can uh, reach out to us through the federaltriangles.org website. Um, the Federal Triangles, who've been around for almost 30 years, were an LGBT soccer club, one of the founders of uh, uh, one of the founding initiating clubs of the International Gay and Lesbian Football Association, the IGLFA, along with the Ramblers and Stonewall um, uh, FC out of London, a um, uh, number of clubs. Uh, Boston and, and others, San Francisco, we're all part of the initial IGLFA, and that's grown. Um, so you can reach out to us there through the IGLFA. You can reach out to us through federaltrianglessoccer.org, uh, or you can follow us on at United Night Out, um, specific for the uh, the Pride Night activities and, and our advocacy for uh, inclusion in, in sport. Fantastic. Well, as I said, thanks for being on, and I hope uh, June 26 goes really well for you. Yes, I hope so too. Take Cheers. care. You Thank too. You. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. 
Um, really enjoyed catching up with Jim earlier on today. And as you've already heard, um, we've talked about the games. So, and we actually um, gave away the um, score predictions. So, um, as I said in the interview there, um, I reckon we will beat Chicago Fire, but I reckon it will be a close close game. Um, and I think the score will be 2-1. And in the San Jose game, I think it will be 1-1. I don't think we've got enough in us to actually beat them. Um, they've got Wondolowski and it's going to be difficult to keep him quiet. And as Jim says, we need to keep Fernandez quiet. So hopefully we can do that and we can prevent the threat actually ever getting to Wondolowski. And hopefully, you never know, we might keep a clean sheet. Um, that would be an absolute bonus if we can keep a shutout. And if we can do that, then we might actually sneak a win. But that's going to be tricky. And I think that will be 1-1. Um, let me know if you agree on that. Um, if you're listening in before the game anyway. Um, so before we finish the podcast, we have the great Twitter questions. Um, as always, as you know, I I like to um, ask for your questions on Twitter. And to be honest, uh, this week it turns into a bit of a debate. Um, so what we will uh, go through is the debate itself. And I will put my comments in as as it goes through, really. So the debate ended up being between DCU underscore soccer, um, who has his podcast. He's just launched it. I was on there, which was great. So um, tune in over there. And the other debater ended up being really done, really. Um, so here we go. So DCU soccer, um, he started off with... Uh, since our attack is kind of sputtering, do we consider any formation change, personnel change, or something else? I'm intrigued by what you mean by something else. I'm wondering what that could be. Um, but as you said, formation change. So we've got two formations that we can um, swap between. So we've got the 4-2-3-1, and then we've got the 3-4-3. Three, three. And... It's a it's a tricky one. I mean, I I'm a big advocate of the four four two stroke four two four, um, so I think we could actually do rather well on that. And I love having two strikers up top. I don't, I don't mean Rooney and Acosta, who Acosta's not a proper striker. He's more of a free roaming player. Um, what I mean is we'd have Rooney and Amarikwa up front up top together. Not Rooney dropping deep either. I want him up top alongside him. So I think that actually might work out well. Um, if we did the 4-2-4, 4-4-2, would you put it, I'd have my ideal lineup would be Hamid and goal, Harrow on the right. Um, I'd have Pines and Birnbaum. I'm dropping Brilla. I'd have Pines in there because he's bigger and he seems to be fairly decent on the corners. And when he's fit, Mora at left back. I'd then... In the central midfield, I'd have Canals and Moreno. They have a good partnership. I mean, granted, Canals play poorly against Revolution, but that's just a one-off, I reckon. Then the wingers, I'd have um, Ariola and Rodriguez. Uh, as you, you can probably guess where they are. And I'd have uh, Rooney and uh, America up top. And you might have noticed there that I've dropped a Costa since the start of the season, he's not looked the same. Granted, the last few games, he's looked he's looking better, but he's not the, the same player anymore. Um, I don't know what's up. 
it's been too long since the PSG thing, and it's it's a tricky one with him. Um, I wish I knew the answer to that, but hey-ho. Uh, so for me, I'd go with the formation change and one person change um, in there. Um, it then goes on to really done really who says uh, Warshaw's take is that it's not tactical it's personal and motivation and maybe Lucho Lucho or Senor Wayne uh, need to write the pine to send a message now I don't know what write the pine means so I'm just gonna just go on my gut instinct on that one Um, and I reckon you mean just take it as it comes kind of thing Um, and we need to actually ride it out right clear the storm of what's happening and get on the other side um as i said um just a dcu soccer's question there i drop lucha i think he, he might actually have a bit more of an impact as a bencher uh coming on later on uh, as we know olsen loves to bring on his late substitutions and nothing earlier but um yeah i drop lucha i'm putting it out there that's what i'm gonna do you agree um, would you drop Lucha? Uh, drop a message to me. Um, I'd love to uh, hear your thoughts on that one. Um, he then continues to say, Matt Doyle says Rodriguez is a significant downgrade from Yamila Sad. Agree or disagree with either? Well, I've obviously given you my thoughts about what Bobby Warshaw said, but Matt Doyle, um, is Titi a downgrade? No. Well, it's not a significant downgrade, let's put it that way. And you've got to remember this is uh, Rodriguez's first season in MLS. Um, Yamil Assad already had a season with Atlanta before he joined ourselves. So at this time in his career, in MLS career anyway, well, I don't think you can really compare the two at the moment. Uh, Rodriguez has got a really good goal. Um, he's shown a bit of flair. He's hot and cold, though. That is the... And to be honest, Yami Lassad was hot and cold from whenever I was able to watch. So, I disagree with Matt Doyle. And I kind of slightly agree, disagree with Bobby Warshaw. Um, however, really done, really, he continues on again. So, he says, um, he disagrees that win needs to set out, obviously. I mean, I think every DC United fan would... Agree, uh, would disagree that Wayne would sit out. No, he shouldn't. He should always be starting if he's fit. He starts. Um, but Lucho's on one assist for the season, and it's clear he's and it's clear to see he's lost his sense of dominance in making killer passes. But if he sits, who can play that central that has enough instinct to make the killer pass? Let's not use the central. Let's use the wings. We've got Ariola, and we've got Titi Rodriguez. They've both got pace. Let's use that. Let's get the crosses in. Rooney, he can head the ball really well. And and we all know he can score an amazing overhead kick. Just remember back to that Man United game against Man City. And he can score a great goal from range. So I don't think we need to replace Acosta in central. I think, again, as I said before, we need to put two strikers and proper strikers up top. So, um, yeah, I'd again, I'd drop Lucha. And DCU Soccer, uh, this is kind of the last point in this little mini debate that was had on Twitter. Um, he debates back that, I agree we shouldn't sit Rooney. 
yeah, I think everyone's with you on that one. But Acosta is number two behind him on the team in key passes per game. His lack of assists might not necessarily be his fault. Um, it's a difficult one to kind of comment on that one because if he is making key passes, then fair. But they're not key enough. And I don't see, don't see him putting enough effort throughout this season yet um, and let's put it this way let me put it to you now football isn't one on paper it's one on the pitch and in it, if Acosta is to change my mind now he needs to be getting those assists he needs to be making the. he needs to run at the defence he's not doing that at the moment and yes granted he's being marked closer now and that stifled his progression massively, but he needs to learn how to get around that. And if he isn't going to learn how to get around players when he's been marked tightly, then he's failed, in my opinion. He needs to have time off. And that's why I think he needs to be on the bench, because he needs to get out of the firing line, rest them for a few games, let teams forget about Lucho Acosta. Then we bring him back on firing on all cylinders because hopefully dropping him will put a bit of fire in his belly. We'll see. Um, so yeah, for me, I drop Lucho Acosta. And that was the end of the Twitter debate stroke questions. Um, and that is actually also the end of the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed listening in and that was the special 10th episode. So, um, Here's to the next 10. Here's for the rest of the season. As I said before, this is dedicated to you guys. So keep listening. I'd love to see you sharing sharing the podcast. Let me know when you've shared it. Um, I'll give you guys a shout out. And until the next episode, Vamos United. <laughs>